0: Welcome to the sixth episode of Between Worlds Podcast. Today I have with me Aman. I love this dude, man. We met in Mexico. <laughs> Mexico. Mykonos. <laughs> we met in Mykonos. This story is completely inappropriate, but I remember when I told him that I self-diagnosed as ADHD and he straight up looked at me and was like, you're the most focused person in this fucking room. He guided me to not label myself and instead look into dopamine addiction. I love him for that. Aman is a wild, wild soul. From the east to the west, he is between worlds. In this next hour, you'll be hearing a little bit about FOMO, Legacy, and Web3. I cannot wait for you to meet my boy, Aman.
1: That your mind went straight to, Am I recording this? Because this is gold. I'm well, glad that was that one's off it, the... needs,
0: it needs to be, <laughs> be candid, like, life needs to be candid. I don't like, yeah, like, I love films, I love movies, I love that they're like th- they're thought beforehand. <clears throat> I love that, but I also love like raw
1: things, yeah. Too. Raw yeah. is the best, I agree. I mean, <laughs> it's unfiltered, dance like no one's watching, that's the way.
0: That's the way to go. So, um, dude, do you pronounce your name
1: properly? Um, I tailor it, um, admittedly, but it's uh, Aman. Aman. Let's see if you can nail it. Aman, yeah. Aman. No, Aman, yeah. uh, (laughs)
0: uh, Aman. 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 Aman.
1: There you go, close. One day we'll nail it. I, I know. I trust you. I believe in you.
0: And your your last name? Agarwal. Agar, Agarwal.
1: Yeah. Pretty good. That one's pretty good. First shot, I would give it a 7 out of 10. I'm really? So, it doesn't sound like, like I a have a shoe in my mouth? No, no. just sounds like just a sock. Just a sock. Okay.
0: Thanks for joining me. I love that you decided to want to because a lot of people are like, let me hear an episode. And then they never get back to me. So...
1: Oh, the pleasure is mine. I mean, you're talking to someone who loves to blabber. <laughs> you yeah, but this ain't about blabbering, want, you know. <laughs> well, I just love to talk. Hopefully, there's some <laughs> value in here. <laughs> uh, no, there's always we'll, we'll a value. Like the too.
0: podcast is about. Yeah, it's about an, an, an like revealing the mind of a common person, and my my whole yeah. goal is to. Um, kind of establish the fact that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. Nothing fucking matters. We're all humans. We're all naked. And, you know, it's about this this vibrating voice you have inside of you that isn't attached to the car you drive, isn't attached to the career you have.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, that's kind of like what, what's, what I'm passionate about. So I do have um, a first question that is in the works of what I just said. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in hearing what you're going to say after you eat that peanut butter, of jar you just opened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can hear everything. I love or, it. I was, yeah, what, do you,
0: what are was, you eating? Is that like a smoothie or is that like nuts or something?
1: Uh, my So I got this drink with my food. I didn't know that I was getting a drink. And these paper straws are the death of me. So what I've Mm -hmm. done, and I wish I could show you on video, but we'll keep the connection stable. This paper straw is now right above the drink, but like inside of the plastic cup. So it's not getting destroyed. I think I've figured out the way. I'll send you a picture later. Yeah, you'll have to send me a picture.
0: So the question is, Mm. (laughs) are you a common person?
1: Okay, let's break this down. Are you a common person? So common would indicate that there's a lot of me and I think there's like, there's one side of me that says, there's 8 billion of me. And every day that I wake up in this world, I look outside the window and I feel that way. And then I go out in the world and I greet people with a smile I look at, you know, families having fun, going, eating ice cream, going to a meal, chit-chatting, laughing, and I still feel the same way. And then I'm on a bike and someone almost kills me. And I look at them and I was like, one, you know, there's one less person like me. And then, I don't know, it's tough to say, it's tough to say there's like, this one box that I'm in, but yeah, I would say I'm a common person. Like if I had to pick between the two, I'm not someone that wants to be uncommon. Um, (laughs) I think I am because of all my experiences and all my habits and things that I've done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But yeah, trying to be more common.
0: You're, You're trying to be more common.
1: Yeah. You know, trying to be one with the world. Trying to understand it, the- trying to grow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm just going to, I don't usually ask this question until later, but it's just sparking me to ask you now. Um, mm. Do you want to leave a legacy?
1: Yes. Uh, as of more recently. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so you but you just literally said that you want to become more one, and now you want to be kind of different.
1: Yeah, because I think and leave a legacy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think you know, common men, I believe, can still leave some sort of legacy if there's a, you know, lesson or some sort of learning that for for future generations, even if it's just a reminder, right, to be a certain way. (laughs) Um, and that may pave the way for the future it may be something that makes me uncommon today but hopefully makes me common in those days if that's one way to look at it Um, not trying to set myself apart just for the sake of it but to give back and that's ultimately I think the point is to continue continuously work towards the the end goal for, for all of humanity which is maybe, you know, love, freedom, expression, et cetera. I'm, I, I okay. definitely skip a lot of words there, but yeah.
0: No, mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly, it's hard to like articulate all of it, especially when you know that there's a time limit. So, mm-hmm. but do you think this is a mm-hmm. character trait that was adopted, uh, during your time in America or more of your, like, like your Eastern side or maybe a, a spiritual thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, certainly, I think it has a lot to do with the environment. Um, also a lot to do with the timing. Um, mm-hmm. So what I mean by timing is like the time period of my life is, you know, when I moved from India, I was 17. I moved to America with, um, unlike a bunch of my peers, I um, didn't really have an intention, a goal. It was kind of just pushed by my parents to go kind of just go to college, because that's the thing to do at 17, 18, I didn't really have a lot of plans, right? Like, oh, here, I'm going to go four years of college, I'm going to work, I'm going to be a CEO here, then I'm going to have a statue of myself in my hometown, have this engraving at the bottom of it, none of that. Nothing ever crossed my mind and all used to give me a lot of, um, you know, just had a lot of insecurities, like maybe I'm not driven enough for this or that. Um, and it turns out, I just needed to—I just needed some time, right, um, to mm-hmm. grow up and to get in, get in my character, understand myself. That took me the majority of my twenties, um, arguably later than a lot of people um, that I know. And now that you know, I've had about a half-half life in each kind of hemisphere, right? Like I started in mm-hmm. India, seventeen years spent 15 in america and now i'm traveling and experiencing things and realizing that like ultimately we're all very similar we all want the same thing everyone's searching for the same knowledge um more or less right um Mm -hmm. fundamentals obviously um you're more interested in anime i'm more interested in whatever making feature films that's all different stuff but that the base Mm -hmm. layer everyone's. More or less searching for the answers, um, you know, the base mm-hmm. baseline level. Um and so <clears throat> going back to your question, which is did this start later in life? Yes. I think as I aged, as I matured, that seemed the way to give back, which is just, you know, it's just like in my nature to like want to think about like what is the point? Mm-hmm. And I think giving back, leaving a legacy of something worthy, not the you know, have people sing my praises, but really take the words right objectively and mm-hmm. make sense of them, whatever makes sense to them, um, and then come to hopefully those same conclusions that I did, that made me proud enough to want to memorialize something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And
0: do you think that um, a person wanting to leave a legacy is a, a selfish thing, or doesn't necessarily is it self driven? Is it? Is it the need to want to impress, or is it an actual notion within them that's like, I have a value, I have something worthy here to to share? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Definitely, I think I understand the question. I think you're you're kind of hinting at maybe like let's go deeper, right? Like even the ones that feel like they're doing it for selfish reasons or just to kind of make them feel better about their insecurities, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we have so many these you know leaders in the past. Right, quote unquote leaders, actual leaders, et cetera, that have statues, right? And there, uh, some of them don't really have a lot of meaning behind them. Um, was that done as a selfish act? Was that done for a certain reason that we don't understand? There's a lot to break, kind of, um, kind of dig, dig, dig into. But I think, like subconsciously, right, which works at like a hundred x more. <laughs> intuition and everything than your conscious mind. Like I think it's someone's wanting to do something without a whole lot of intention, it's, it's either coming from a fearful place, right? Insecurity. Like, Hey, I would love to own every house in the world. So I feel like I have a home. Well, you only need one bed or one floor. Depends on how, you know, like who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't really need a lot to really feel like that. Um, a lot of that is in your mind, uh, but that might be a little tangent. So let's go back to the the crux of the question, which is: Is this a selfish act? Is this coming from a good place? I think most things are coming from a good place. Like even even if you think about the message that's being sent across, I like if I came up with it or someone else came up with it. If I want my own legacy, is that now selfish? Because now whoever I learned it from, what if I just put their names? Instead, and le- mm-hmm. make their legacy even bigger. And does that really matter to me? So I would say, I would say deep down, maybe there is a little bit of selfishness, whether or not you realize it. Um, but that's not to say that it cannot be both selfish and a little bit unselfish, in the sense of you're still spreading a message, right? If there's a little, little bit of your personal touch to it, it's not really anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And if it comes from a true, created by you kind of authentic place, then perhaps it isn't as selfish. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I think everything in in its perfect balance, selfless, selfish. Like something can be born. There's a there's a seed planted there, and magic happens. Magic mm-hmm. does occur. I think just you know in our day and age, where a lot of us just want to be our own bosses and. Oh, just, yeah. It's just very rare that you meet people that want – that that person had an idea. They have a dream and they have a, tr- a tribe of people who have, have a knack or a skill that they use to help this one person, the creator that has the dream. You know what I'm saying? Like that happened a mm-hmm. lot in the past. Today, we don't – you don't usually see that dyma- dynamic anymore because everyone wants to be the creator. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: So I mm-hmm. think that
0: that's why my, my, I'm so curious to everyone that I ask like, do you want to leave a legacy? You know, majority say no, some say yes. And, you know, the ones that say no are the ones that, and this has nothing to say about you, but they're the ones that like, that don't care whether the idea was theirs or not. And, you know, I think if we can get deeper deeper into this, like an idea is something that just floats in the ether. And, you know, in that right moment, when your mind is open enough, your hand reaches out and it grabs that idea. It was available for everyone. But you were just, you just found that that moment in time, that glitch in the matrix where you, you, you know, you
1: figured it out. With the legacy point, not everything, I mean, legacy is essentially you're leaving something behind that evokes a emotion, memory, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a good one. Yeah. So... You know, you may choose to work on or invest, I guess, in, in a legacy, and it, it may not be remembered uh, the way you do. So it's like the it doesn't matter who; it matters what, right? And yeah. and so I, as much as I want to leave a legacy behind, it's may it, I'm okay with it not being mentioned under like my name, like it's okay, right? There's in fact, I would love to leave the type of legacy that's just completely anonymous like here's learnings that i spent a lot of fucking time on and hopefully you see the end of it because it's tried and tested (laughs) right yeah there's things like that that i would love to maybe put put into scriptures somewhere or go to some you know ancient ruin in india and just like over (laughs) just paint it inscribe it somewhere maybe on bitcoin because that's the latest thing going on in there um, okay. so there's, there's a lot to do and, and think about, but it, it really, it, it stands the test of time. Like if, if it's just the message, um, people yeah. come and go, right. So anyway, exactly. that's a good, good, um, cap on that. Yep.
0: Yeah. You're the first American that I've, that I've had a conversation with. And, you know, when I, when I met you, I knew you were special and, and different and, you know, an American, oh,
1: thank um,
0: you. in a way, because you're wild. And you're like in your mind, you're just like there's fireworks going on and going <laughs> off, right, and I feel that about Americans like there's just so much like saturation of information in America and just like bombarding and distractions and and now just like I don 't know mm-hmm. how long it's been, and you know I've been so detached to North America that like when I observe this it, it i don't know it turns my stomach i feel I feel ill um, that the social correctness in America right now is, is, is wild. Like, I don't know what virtue signaling means. <laughs> what does that mean, dude? Oh. Can you help me? And un- like all these labels yeah, yeah, and, and, totally. and, and things that, that you are, Oh, this is how you're being like, excuse me. <laughs> explain Absolute. to me what it means. I know
1: exactly what you mean. I know exactly and what you wait, mean. There's explain, a, expl- one yeah?
0: before you, before you say anything, um, I, yeah, explain to me that, this this new turn, this new world in in, in America, because it's literally only having, happening in America. And then I want you to tie it into how often are you acting? Like how often are you not able to be you because of all of this?
1: Oh, totally. Actually, that's that one's much easier. Okay, so this is great, right? Great question, great topic. Love to talk about this. In fact, it's something that when I – looked into myself was like, oh my God, I've been noticing this and thank God that there's a term for it. So I don't sound like an idiot when I describe it.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this is
1: clearly a thing. So, okay. So virtue signaling is, and I'm not going to give you like the, the definition you'll probably see online, right? Like when I searched for it, I was like, okay, so what does it really mean? Um, it's essentially people acting a certain way to look Morally correct, sound morally correct. That was my okay. understanding of when I when I googled it. Um, so think of think of you know like a person that is selfish, that is not loving, not caring, etc. 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 Right? They go all of a sudden start to you know talk about oh I'm gonna run for the mayor of the city. Hey, look, I just donated all this money and I'm doing all this blah 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 for the city, and I'm a good person right? Um, A lot of the presidential candidates will virtue signal. A lot of the corrupt government officials will virtue signal. A lot of people in your workplace, daily workplace will virtue signal like, hey, look, I did this thing for the company. And actually what I did was I went and expensed all of this and made it sound like I just did a lot of things, but all I did was doing my job and then I got paid for it. So Mm -hmm. what did you actually do, right? Um, People that act in the interest of Kind of humanity and that's you know maybe even completely against what they initially believed in or or want to do um that's kind of the gray area right like if someone's attempting to do something and trying to get better and may look like a virtue signal but actually was a well good faith attempt to do something good that's where that's the interesting stuff right because the rest mm-hmm. of it's pretty black and white like i'm a crook and i talk about You know, fixing the world. What am I actually doing? That's a complete Mm -hmm. lie, right? Um, On the other side, you've got people that are selfless, um, loving, and giving, and they do stuff in the background, and no one really hears about. There's no signal to be seen, but the more you look, the more their work is everywhere, right? There's also that side of it. Um, And so, going back to your question, though, um, what is virtual signaling? It's it's a it's a form it's a it's it's a type of expression, right? It's like it's some sort of way by which you are luring people into believing a certain story, a certain script that like, hey, I'm a, I'm this kind of person or this is kind of what I believe. Don't look into it too much because then I'm going to be exposed. That's virtue signals, mm-hmm. Okay. Right. How does that I mean, that's everywhere. Um, you know, it's not just, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe one could argue that there's more often the uh, observed in America. I haven't actually, like, thought about it. Uh, I would have to maybe draw from experience and kind of, like, go into a think tank. But I'm can. i I'm open to believing that that's the experience you've had or, or felt. Um, there is a lot of social pressure to be a certain way there's a lot of norms regardless of how you feel or you know there's a lot of rebels um as a result of that and often people like yourself and i will find solace somewhere else because it just doesn't fit the bill anymore going back Mm -hmm. to your like am i a common man uh in america i did not feel like that and in the rest Mm -hmm. of the world i do often Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um which is it's, it's a conflicting feeling because now, you know, I naturalized in a different kind of mindset. Like I was 2020 became an American citizen. I was proud. And then I had a moment of reckoning when I did. I guess I'm open to sharing this, but uh, I did my first ayahuasca uh, experience 2022. And it kind of floored me and had me thinking about like my life prior to moving to America and wh- how I've changed and how. I'm unconscious about those changes mm-hmm. and it made me think and made me kind of explore the world and kind of figure myself out again. And, you know, it's a pretty late age to keep doing that as at the time, <laughs> it was my thought. And yeah. I realized like, it's just an everyday thing. It's like every day you're learning more and growing more and becoming more aware. And, um, and that it should, there's no, that there's no right or wrong and that everything that society tells you is to maybe box you into something just for their own comfort and peace of mind but that's not really what it's supposed to be right there's no supposed to be anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but sorry this is another tangent going back to your the third thing you said which was um, how does this change your kind of behavior and norms like i mean it's been it's been a battle let's be honest because this this collective um, pressure from everyone to behave a certain way or like don't bring your dog to a grocery store unless it says emotional support animal, you know, like what is that, what is that signal, right? Is there a term for that? Like that's it, this, there's a lot of stuff backwards uh, to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, it's tough to, tough to live in a society where people aren't really as aware or open to going somewhere. I mean, LA and Santa Monica kind of felt slightly different very open, modern, different from the rest of the country. Um, But yeah, often I do feel the same way as you did.
0: And like I said before, like, especially in America, everything's so saturated and you know, Mm -hmm. you could just be walking down the street and by the way you're walking, someone may call you racist or-
1: It can happen. Who knows, Mm
0: -hmm. anything.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely anything in America. And, you know, they rave about, yep. you need like, being authentic. But how are you authentic when you're so stuck on ideas and theories and, like, justice? You know, everyone's just seeking justice for things that have happened right. in the past. And, you know, right. authenticity to me just means being vulnerable and not needing to be, yeah. not needing to have... A wall up, you know, to protect yourself, like no more protection mechanisms, no more needing to hide yourself, no more all of these things. Like, how do you, like I said, and I keep on reiterating that again, you were in America, how do you stay authentic?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is a great, great question. Very interesting topic as well. Love, love this. And uh, what you just said, yeah, I think you nailed it, right? It's all about being vulnerable. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of fear, right? that gets you to the point where you're not authentic, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to almost get that fear back and say, okay, shit, if I was to really be myself, these are the 15 things that I would have to change or whatever um, that I, you know, I'm like basically hiding behind and -hmm. not being my true self. So like you have to be okay with that fear and okay with the consequences, right? So long as it's in your moral, you know, best moral, ethical, Kind of judgment and just go with the flow right go go with it and and learn like maybe your true authentic self isn't really welcome anywhere and you may mm-hmm. realize that that's not really your true authentic self maybe it was something else that was kind of getting in the way mm-hmm. um, that made you think that that was your authentic self but it wasn't and ultimately it comes from um, awareness right knowing yourself having gone through certain experiences, Lived different places, maybe talked to different people, and having a complete kind of holistic view, um, you know, on on every single feature of yours or experience of yours, and kind of drawing from that to become a version of yourself that is isn't lying to itself, right? That is is thriving because there's nothing to think about. There's nothing really to pre-plan in terms of. How should I act? Or so, you know, like if I'm walking out on the street, or going to a grocery store, or going to get dinner. I'm at a club, partying with my friends. Like, how should I behave? Or how should I think? That there shouldn't be any questions there. You should mm-hmm. just kind of be living your life. There's a lot of other things that you exactly. could be doing, you know. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of things to be done. It, like that's,
0: I feel like every moment of the day, because of all mm-hmm. this pressure to be. Mm-hmm good to be happy and all these things we censor ourselves we micromanage ourselves we can't live in the moment because we're always constantly like breaking down every single thing that we said the way we reacted Mm -hmm. all these things you know and it just i think it just keeps us so limited and it keeps us so in fear which leads me to my next question what do you fear the most Mm.
1: wow this one's going to take me like 10 seconds because I could come up with something but I think <laughs> um and one last point on that other thing is like you know what you just said uh, it's important I think to for people to kind of look back on on things right mm-hmm. be yourself but then don't forget that what you do what you say has consequences and mm-hmm. that looking at those consequences is very important you might have ruined someone's day cuz you're authentic and that may end up making you think about things deeply and realize that you might not be that person that wanted to make someone feel that way. So there's a lot of learnings there and the mastery comes later, right? So I think it's all a good faith effort, but when you get to a point where your intentions are pure with love and you say some things and it may not land the same way and you have no regret. No matter how someone feels, you're going to be that way in the future. Like that's the kind of that's the version where you've gotten to a point where you've refined, right? Like you're mm-hmm. at a place where that's your authentic self. And that hopefully is what you wanted and you're fully aware of and is not changing, etc. Right. Um, and yeah, and 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 that's I think that's the the level that everyone's secretly trying to achieve whether or not they yes. realize right so now what do i fear It's changed over the years i would say letting so i've been reading this book the um uh, letting go i don't know if we've talked about this at all
0: yeah i think uh, we have because i love dr hawkins
1: dr hawkins yes exactly you know i have a fear of letting go of things i mean and i think it It's deeply rooted in the way I was brought up, the genetic makeup of me, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely partly that, um, you know, control freak, whatever you want to call it. People call it OCD, but my psychiatrist mom would go correct everyone. And it's not OCD at all. It's obsessive traits. So it's maybe similar, you know, you just have a high standard or a specific standard that really bothers you when it's not met but that's something that you can overcome because the whole picture is what ultimately matters, right? Like yeah. you, you may, you may act a certain way, uh, you know, like I was maybe 18, 19 or maybe slightly older. And my, my father visited me and um, in my apartment and I used to keep it just like spick and span clean everywhere. Just, you know, not a, not a little not a speck of dust anywhere. Like I would just, spend hours to get it like that it probably gets dirty in an hour or two after that right i i think i don't think about it but then when he visits and he's sitting on a chair and like there's like a hair that like is on the chair after right and i would just pick it up be like like what are you doing and there's things like that that i've said and i'm not you know ashamed of like admitting this publicly it's just there's these things that happen right that kind of mm-hmm get triggered at the wrong time maybe maybe he'd said something and and i've started to notice hair on the chair after right like there's yeah, things no, no. like that that we do it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things that's my personal opinion it may still matter to someone and that's okay that it matters to them but it doesn't to me as someone that i think has grown out of that a lot a lot of these a lot of these things that creep in over the years um you know, like I want my bed a certain way. I want my apartment a certain way. I can't live with anyone because I want my own space, and I don't want someone to really come into that and change it the way they want it to. And that's all fair to me, right? Like everything's fair game, and that's who I am. Like I still don't think I could do that. Um, and there's a little bit of maybe fear of letting go of my happy space, right? And I don't. Yeah. I'm battling with that. Like is that a is that something I want to give up or not? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah it's true we'll we'll touch base on that actually later on because i'm going to talk about relationships and this is what we were talking about earlier actually um i'm going to switch it up a little bit what was your last mm-hmm. aha moment and what was it
1: there's so many and i have to think about the last one hmm. um May-
0: because maybe there are a lot maybe you could pick the most the one that has impacted you the
1: most okay maybe this is a decent one because it, it came to mind i guess right So, okay, so I was in New York in April on sort of, I want to say quote unquote work trip, but I mean, it was just like a conference, NFT conference. I'm working in the NFT space. We have a project that's launching soon. We, you know, I I was meeting people from a certain project uh, that I'm in the community of, just chit-chatting about life, talking about different work things. And the way this person was talking about every single thing Kind of made me think bigger in terms of the the game that we're all playing, you know, even if it's work or making money or trading or launching new projects and kind of got me to a conclusion that was very different from what I had initially um, thought about the space. Of. Uh, so, for example, to me, the, you know, trading is zero sum uh, in the sense that like for someone to win, someone else has to lose, right? clearly, you buy something, it goes up, the person that sold it to you could have made that money. So instead of them, whoever bought it ends up making the money, and vice versa, right, someone sells something, it goes down, would have been their loss, but now it's someone else's who bought it. And that kind of model was how I was thinking about things. But there's, there's uh, another way to look at things. It's not just in a vacuum, and just one trade. It's like, if there's something of value that the pie can grow, right, and you all have more to eat, like you can mm-hmm. you can create value and and we can all kind of push towards like a bigger bigger prize, and then there's there's enough for everyone to eat. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, there's there's an interaction. <laughs> yeah, that's ideal. That's a true win-win, right? Yeah. Um. And that's been kind of deeply ingrained in me because you know I used to play poker online. And poker is very much <laughs> like a, you know, someone someone has yeah. to lose for someone else to win. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in when it comes to business or when it comes to a new idea that may blow everything else, uh, you know, out of the water. That's that's been the norm of the past. But now here's this new way of doing things that pie grows and there's enough for people to eat. Um, that kind of mindset. Um, I've had it for, for a while, but in this space, I never realized that that would be something, um, that would apply to the space as well. And they kind of changed the way I was thinking about things. Uh, yeah. and now we're applying that as a foundational kind of mindset to everything we're doing. Um, and it's kind of pushing the envelope for the whole space. Uh, and our project's going to be one of those projects that's going to do that, right? We have a bunch of affiliations with other projects that we're launching with. And it's not as much of a who's number one or who's number two or where's the liquidity going? Is it going from project one to two? No, we're both actually getting more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah.
0: cool. that was that was really refreshing because you tied it into like a real life experience. So that was really, really great. Mm-hmm. so you're you're in Paris right now, correct. Mm-hmm. and you're you're a traveling nomad, right? You've been to many places, you're constantly moving, you're monthly you're moving. Mm-hmm. What is the coolest? bit of knowledge you've a- a- attained this far in your life through your travels, like it's specifically targeting this nomadic mindset and lifestyle. Ooh. The the coolest bit of knowledge that's the most important to you. You don't, don't think about, oh, what would be cool for others? What's, what's the coolest bit of knowledge that that's just like, wowed you and that it has, has transformed your life.
1: Wow. That's uh. hmm. <laughs> it's a fun and a hard one let me see um
0: i hope i'm i'm not i'm not making it so so small like it could be anything it could be like from from a technique to someone you met to some type of philosophy
1: i mean i could go really like corny and just say like love is the answer that's one thing that came to mind and that i'm not going to use that one because there's definitely more things
0: (laughs) no 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 Um, i think
1: people know this you know no all right, let's go. Let's jump into that, right? Like, I've met so many people. I mean, I was in America working, you know, had my own friend group and yeah, meeting people, but it's like, to some degree, it was like the same um, archetype, right? And kind of living in the same society, we're all talking, reading the same language, same kind of vibes. Traveling makes things very interesting. You're always... In a new environment, people suffer from like, you know, obviously the, a lot of the disciplines and habits and routines or, you know, life is coming after you. Like, like saying, oh, you want to go to the gym every day? Good luck when your flight's delayed four hours or you have to go get a hotel and um, mm-hmm. they're coming for you. It's very hard to have the same routine, not to say that it's impossible or like that you can't figure it out or you won't figure it out, et cetera. You also want to thrive, you know, like you're going to a new place. You want to maximize, like, you want to see everything. You want to check every box and meet everyone and hopefully, you know, find the love of your life. I don't know. There's so many thoughts that come to mind. And through all of this, through, you know, all these experiences, meeting people, um, one one common theme that seems to work is just being a baseline loving human that always has a smile. and that always works, right? Like I've met so many types of people and there are people that don't want to be friends with me or want to talk, but I just smile and I just keep on loving. And I've I've seen people kind of flip, change, open up, learn their language and they want to connect with you more, right? There's all of these things that, um, actually, that's an interesting one as well. Language, I would say, um, is that I've learned that, and I've come to a realization and like a natural, like organic want to want to learn more languages. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, seems like a daunting task for me because I'm going around like literally everywhere. And how do I focus on just one? But if you know enough to be dangerous in, in a lot of different languages, that works too as a starting point. It's, it's a universal truth that that works everywhere. Even the people that don't show you that love first will eventually be open to yours, eventually, right? Like that may take years.
0: I feel like a lot of people have this question and I'm tying it in with your nomadic lifestyle. Um, how could someone, Mm. and I don't usually do how to's because it's not what interests me, Mm -hmm. but because that I am a nomad as well. And so are you, I think it'd be cool to, to hear your answer. If someone, uh, wanted to start their journey of being a nomad, like how would you, what would you tell them to start with? How could they do it?
1: So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the number one thing I'll quickly touch on what happened to me, how mine started. I think it'll be good context for what I'm about to say. Uh, And then there's some like general things that I have thoughts on. But April of 2021, when I was fully sick of COVID, like to the point where I didn't give a shit if flying somewhere meant that I contract COVID and potentially die. Like that's the point at which a lot of people were day one (laughs) drinking themselves away, snorting their life away. There's a lot of things and stories and et cetera, et cetera. But April 21, I got my two shots, actually, and I have thoughts on that, too. We're not going to get into, but uh, I started uh, my journey. I went to uh, Mexico with uh, a coworker at the time who was also spending a couple of weeks down there. He, You know, he's lived abroad and done a bunch of things, and I kind of just sort of tagged along. I had my own apartment, stayed in Playa del Carmen. Three weeks. Went down to Tulum a couple times. Came back to the U.S. Went to Miami and uh, New York. um, And I still had my apartment in Santa Monica, but I wasn't spending as much time there because I'd spent literally a whole year locked up in a studio. It was great, honestly. Um, It just uh, repetitive (laughs) and monotonous. uh, After a while, even with the fun stuff, like I was DJing, I was throwing parties. You know, we were doing stuff. And it was just the same thing, back to back to back to back. And okay. I think that kind of kickstarted this whole journey. Um, April 2021, I went out and came back in June and I came to this realization that the world is in fact a large place and so different and that I don't want to continue doing what I've been doing for the last nine years. Mm-hmm. And kickstarted my spiritual journey as well. I ended up Quitting my job, moving out of my apartment in August of 2021, driving cross country to the East Coast and just falling in love with jumping into situations that I, wasn't, I was overthinking before and wasn't mm-hmm. as confident that I would come out of um, and just being okay with the uncertainty. Knowing that with a full, well-hearted, loving intention, everything will work out. And it does, always. <laughs> okay. Right? Um, there's always a way. Whether or not it's the best way for you in that moment in time, I don't know. But there you will be fine. Everything will be fine. That belief, deep down in your heart, in your unconscious, your subconscious mind, that's the biggest growth, right? That's what ultimately is the requirement. Everything else you will figure out. Everything else is objective. There's Google's, YouTube videos, all of that stuff will help you. But for your own journey, your own spiritual journey, for your own like acceptance and and um, you know knowing that you're able to, that comes from from inside, from within. Hey, can I can I actually go do this? Yeah, you'll probably be able to do it. Hey, do I want to do this? Is this my intention? What do I want to learn from it? Does this sound exciting? All of those things are what gets you to that starting point. I, and, and to be fully honest, like I didn't do any of this, right? Just like mm-hmm. I came to the US, like I talked about earlier in the podcast, I just showed up, hey, this is what we do, no? 17, 18, we go to college. So I'm here. What am I majoring in? Oh, electrical engineering, because that's what my father did. I don't really have have a pick. people called me crazy I ended up eventually doing computer science which I used for maybe two years of my life then I switched into product management and ended up being fine like I just go with the flow I'm okay with the uncertainty
0: often
1: because I'm ignorant yeah
0: no but I think it ties into like your crypto nature you know mm -hmm. and and your tech like you're just deeply into tech. So that kind of like numbers and all that kind of ties in. Maybe you didn't take, take that path, but it, it's definitely a predominant part in your, in your character and your personality. You know what I'm
1: saying? I would say so. Yeah, this um, friend of mine from LA calls me a savvy cat. Like he's like, you're a savvy cat. You can figure things out. And, yeah. it's, it, and, and I think it's, it's, a learn, it's, it's something that's like, it's a skill, right? That you can develop. Yeah. You can learn how to be that way. There's, there's just a finite set of possibilities there. Like you go do this, that, that, you learn, you refine and you get there. The stuff that tangible, almost the Mm -hmm. stuff that's kind of more abstract is, is, am I going to like, how much do you have left in the tank for me to realize that there's an infinite amount that took a while. Right. Like, cause this, we come from this like limited, like mindset often, right? Like you don't know that it's unbounded until, until you do breaking through that was, I think like that tipping point, uh, for me.
0: Love that. So just, I just want to summarize so people understand what he means is that it was that mental tipping point that he can do anything. He has all the energy in the world and that he stopped limiting himself is when he was able to break through this social norm of needing to be in one place always and started traveling.
1: Exactly. uh, Couldn't have said it better. My, uh, and just something that came to mind is, you know, my dad, who's always observing and, you know, rarely commenting on things. goes, you're crazy. You've been going all over the world. What's the point <laughs> of this madness? And I went off and I'd love to share that with you. Just like the one way monologue that I had, like 14, 15 text messages. And I okay. slam dunked that. Oh, and did you? for the first time in my life, my father said, and I'll, Quote because it's it's really worth um, like and he wrote me a long thing because he you know he's just like me and doesn't want to lose the battle blah 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 but he said yeah you know you're just gonna you're just gonna keep saying things and you're really good at this texting thing and you're saying like things that sound good but here's my retort but you know <laughs> I slam dunked that because I showed him that there's a way to do something that you know, I think is okay, but you may not, right? You might think it's madness, but to me, it brings me joy. And I'm fully aware of the consequences and I'm facing them every day. So thank you for your support, love. And that's it. That's where we draw the line. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It's it's important to grab your balls to your parents because um, their resistance that they have only comes from love. You know, it's, they love you. um, And they have, you know, they're baby boomers. They don't quite understand. Their mind literally can't understand. And it's not like they don't want to understand. It's just they can't. The software is the way it is. There hasn't been an update. So any type of advance that you make trying to make them understand, it won't happen. So it's just about that energetic stance where you just stand your ground and you stick mm-hmm. up for yourself. And in that moment, where in that confidence, you know, they they slowly start to just let go, you know, because the old boys are mm-hmm. never going to change. They ain't never going to change, you know. And but also, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: something I tell myself: you don't need to prove to them anything. You don't mm-hmm. need to prove, you know. If you go exactly. on the the journey of needing to prove yourself, then then you're not being authentic.
1: You're not being authentic. You're coming from a place of like insecurity, and mm-hmm. often when I'm challenging their questions, criticisms, it's it's usually. I'm holding the ace of trumps. It's my life. I know what I'm doing. So it's often educational. So it's like, here's what I'm doing, father. Mm -hmm. It may seem like madness to you, but that's not what it is to me. And I'm fully Mm -hmm. aware of it. And I think that's the kind of maturity that they're looking for. Then it's met with silence because they're like, cool, well, this kid's got it. I'm on to the next thing. It's that fear. It's that same boxing thing that society does. You know, hey, so my, my aunt the other day, Hey, so are you settling down yet? Are you getting a job yet? I'm like here it's been six months since we talked about this, so here's what I'm doing and it's often just education. they're lacking knowledge, and mm-hmm. it just manifests in very interesting ways. I mean, you know sixty plus year old Indian woman lives in New Jersey for forty years like they have a different completely different outlook and and kind of expectation or, or you know reality um so and that's going to happen to us you believe it or not in 30 years i'll be saying some shit and some young kid will come up and say you're old and you have no idea what it's talking about and i hope yeah. to not be that person right always yeah. learning always being <laughs> fluid
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i think that's it's so interesting because our parents faced a huge like tech revolution that they like you know just didn't know how to handle especially media and how it affected our self-esteem yeah. and too many choices for us and that's why a lot of us like don't like go to university forced university but never really fulfill right. the degree don't even continue with the degree blah 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 you know because there's so many yep. possibilities now like you walk into a supermarket and there's 500 brands yep. of mayo
1: I can't it's, even pick. I'm standing there staring at those. Like, this has everything to doing?
0: do with our identity. It's our identity. It's it's mm-hmm. it's. We're looking at a crisis and not mm-hmm. knowing what our passion is. Not knowing, like you know and. I don't even want to get into right. this, um, but you know, it's just like, <laughs> I think what I want to mm-hmm. say is, is that also when you go down a path that is um, against the grain, as, like, especially if you're a nomad, you're always going to have resistance through the people that, that supposedly love you, your parents, your, your aunties, mm-hmm. your uncles, they're all going to look at you and be like, the fuck are you doing? That is going to create turbulence in your life if you listen to them. Mm-hmm. If you listen to them, yeah, gu- guarantee it you will you will have a, a worse time than you already are because doing something new you will always struggle, and you're doing it alone, in in a network of many other people that are doing it, but you're
1: mm-hmm. building
0: something new for your generation, right. for your fam your family line, your family generation. And, you know, right. it's going to be hard because you don't have a mentor in your family that's showing you the way. So right. the, resi- the resistance with your parents will be there. Don't listen to them. There are people out there that have done it and will help you.
1: Hear, um, hear everyone. Listen to yourself. That's the yeah, key.
0: Yeah. I want to do some rapid fire. What's the biggest scam, the biggest propaganda on earth right now?
1: Government, government, government.
0: Um, how is Web3 changing yep. the game?
1: Uh, actually, great follow-up question because uh, we are the new government. Whether or not they mm-hmm. like it, it's going to be a forcing function for everyone across the board. It's the, it's the perfect rendition of society, economies, art, community, wealth, safety, comfort, love, everything encapsulated in one.
0: What's the most important skill to have today?
1: The ability to learn all skills.
0: Random thoughts of our future.
1: The year is 2050. We're all happy. We're all using some like fourth layer of apps that are built upon crypto chains and, you know, used with apps that are fair to use and, you know, not paying Apple their 20%, etc., a mm-hmm. fair, happy, loving world where anyone can travel anywhere, eat any food, with talk to anyone they want. Um, it's all safe. Everything's being monitored for the right purposes. Um, this is my kind of dystopian future in my mind. And I think we'll <laughs> get there very soon with the advent of AI and forcing functions like Web3 and AI, which will really mm-hmm. be the fairest, best police we ever have had or want, or that might be the end. You know, and then, and then I think that morality and ethics for AI is going to be like the most important next thing we do because it's coming mm-hmm. whether or not we like it, right? It's like global warming. It's coming. We have to just find a way to get past it. And we can because there's always a way. It's just yeah. directing all the energies there. <laughs> yeah. this,
0: one, this one you can answer regularly because it's a hot topic of mine. Um, mm. FOMO best known as fear Mm -hmm. of missing out. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. How the
0: hell do you deal with it? And I mean, this has to do with, this has to do with like as a businessman, uh, all the ideas, all the new things. Mm -hmm. As a traveler, all the places you want to go to, all the girls you Mm -hmm. see, all the clothes you see. You know, how do you deal with
1: it? This is a great topic and super helpful. And I actually have personally... You know, one of those people that like, what's the fear of letting go? Like, it's like letting go of the FOMO, <laughs> yes. right? That was big growth for me. Um, the other day I was joking about um, FOMO and JOMO, which is like the joy of missing out. Um, oh my God. And <laughs> did uh, know that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. My mom actually taught me that one. I like HOMO better because it's the happiness of missing out. Like you're, you know, like you're just happy because... Um, Here's the thing, right? There's the same mindset, the 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 kind of limited, there's, there's only this next party and then the world ends the day after. Or mm-hmm. there's this one dress and, you know, there's no other dresses going to be ever going to hit the shelves. Or <laughs> there's just this one idea that I have to do, you know, and, um, oh, well, I have these other 10 ideas and I have to do them in the next day because I'm only living one more day, right? There's all these thoughts that come in. Um, often without the the second sentence of everything I'd said, right. It's like, okay, well, fuck, like there's this party and all my friends are going and yeah, yeah, they're going to do that the next week and the week after and the week after and the third week after is in Ibiza. So would you rather pick that or this night? And you can start to do trade-offs. Like, what am I actually worried about? Or what am I actually seeking? Both of those are important, right? So yeah, I think first comes your intention and what your goal is. And hopefully you're aware of that across the board. Like if someone were to sit with you, like if your mom were to sit with you, she walks away with like, okay, cool. Got it. Seems like you're on track. If you do that for yourself, there is no more FOMO. Then there's joy in getting, getting out there and doing things that you intentionally chose to do and were okay not doing on certain days. The FOMO comes from this like limited kind of mindset, I think where you're Mm -hmm. not thinking about the big picture. Um, You're really just zoned in on one thing. Like if you have FOMO, hopefully it comes from a good place and then don't miss out then. Like if it's really that important, don't miss out. But know that you're missing out on something else and that wasn't important at the moment. And that's why you chose to do something. Yeah,
0: totally. I think for sure, touching base on um, knowing what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Knowing it's 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 like this perfect a hard balance one. it's so it's so yeah. hard because it's like not just doing because you were invited not just doing because you see others doing it's about like right actually knowing what you like actually mm-hmm. like being like I'm gonna enjoy my time there and I need to be there because I feel good there and that's my place um or and I need to do that down. because that's yeah for sure and it yeah. totally is that way but like just like if someone invites you and says, "Hey, like, let's go to freaking Earl's for dinner," and like deep down inside, inside right. you're like, "Well, oh, I don't fucking like Earls," but you still go. Yeah. It's like, why?
1: No, yeah, yeah. But this is you this is a great example of,
0: of FOMO. It's like you're doing it a because people are going to be there, b because you're desperate and you want to get laid. C, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> right. That one is big. That one is big. I've seen it. I've seen it in people. And I catch them. And, you know, like my buddy last night, we were, I'm staying at his apartment. We went out and hopefully he's going to hear the story. It's like, you know, we're going out and we're trying to meet some people and it's 1030. And he's like, I got to work. And I'm like, oh, but there's these girls that want to hang out. And you can see the glimmer in his eyes. And he's like, ah, okay, maybe we'll go. And he, all of a sudden he forgot about this work thing. Right. Yeah. And what did we do today? We woke up. He looked at a couple emails. He's out you know, with food trucks and beers with some people. Like, it's a light Friday. He could have easily gone out.
0: Modern dating, self-love, work-life balance, the perfect match, the increase in (laughs) options. We prioritize our personal ambitions over relationship compromises. Everything juicy that's involved in relationships in our day and age, millennials, media, online dating so on and so forth. I have an example for you. If mm-hmm. we were seeing each other and you loved me, you knew it, but you didn't know if I loved you back. Would you not tell me Ooh. because you didn't know if I felt it too, making this transactional versus unconditional?
1: Right. Hmm. Interesting. I... So I think you asked me this like 10 years ago, I would say, yes, I wouldn't. Um, I just already kind of beat myself at the game before I could even find out, you know, mm-hmm. And because maybe it's a game theory thing, right? It's like, if I love you and you love me and I'm planning on telling you, right, um, that way I can find out. And maybe you weren't planning on telling me until I, I asked you, pretend, right? Yeah. So, you draw out that matrix. If I don't say anything, I will never find out. And if you were the same person, we will both never find out. And that's great romance that we would have had, we would never have. So, because of that possibility, one must make the attempt. And if yeah. both people started to think about this, then we would both probably already have told each other in that case. And I think ultimately. That is, is is the key. It's, it's, if you, I don't know if you know about the prisoner's dilemma. It's this matrix. It's like this game theory thing. It's like a classic two-player game, right? So you think about there's two criminals. They're sitting in a jail cell each. And you're supposed to kind of protect and defend this other person, right? They're both technically acting in their own self-interest to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. But if they don't kind of, you know, protect each other, then they both might get stuck. Because imagine a police officer sitting in each cell with each criminal saying, hey, like, if you tell on this other guy, I will let you out. And they say that to both. And if both squeal, then they're both stuck. Okay. Right. I love this
0: analogy. But if you, uh,
1: yeah, because if you now sitting in a cell and saying, yeah, 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 I'll tell you all the secrets, let me go. And they both do that, they're both screwed because they both give up proof for each other, and they're now both stuck. And the police is like, aha, got you, right? But if they both are strong and don't say anything, then they're both technically safe. But knowing that this other person's doing that, you don't have that. You don't have that knowledge because you know you're sitting just alone. But if you have that faith that okay, yeah, I know he's going to do this and she's or he or she is going to do this, and the same thing happens to the other person, that is now the way to get out, mm-hmm. right? But if, the, if both have that mindset, then it only works if both, both of them think about it in the same way. But now now let's play the opposite, right? So now if both of them act in self-interest, they're both screwed. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to tell you that I love you. Similarly, you're feeling the same way. Then we both never reveal our feelings. We both never mm-hmm. get anywhere. Mm-hmm. But if either one of us does it, we're already winning. So if that's the case, then everyone should be doing that, right? Express your feelings and put it out there. Because the worst that'll happen is you made a good faith attempt, and maybe it doesn't match, and that's okay. And you may maybe stay friends, or you don't stay friends, or whatever. But at least you took a shot. Yeah, and then you're
0: getting just a little bit closer to finding the right one.
1: Correct.
0: Well, I think the more you expose yourself, the closer you are to that true place of unconditionality, which is like that really, really top, top, top place you want in a relationship.
1: Exactly. Being being authentic, being True, to your feelings and expressing them is the way to true happiness.
0: Thank you for sharing that analogy, and yeah, thank you for joining me in Paris with the croissant and the sexy woman. We
1: <laughs> we um, oui, oui. the pleasure is mine.
0: I, honestly, it's 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 been a pleasure, and I feel like I could talk to you for hours. And you have such such beautiful beautiful insight, and that has a lot to do with again your. Your mixed identities, your mother, uh-huh. your travels, your interests. I have a last question for you. What is mm-hmm. the meaning of life?
1: Oh, <laughs> part of me wants to rapid fire answer this. And what I would have <laughs> said is there is no meaning. And that's the whole meaning we keep chasing. So let's go back to kind of first principles. We come on earth kind of unplanned, right? And You've been given birth by someone most likely with no plans for you, but they think they want to shape you into something, et cetera. Maybe it's like things they didn't do. So they're like, cool, let's have a kid. Maybe this person will be the Hollywood actor that I really wanted to be, et cetera, et cetera. Right. People have kids for all kinds of reasons, but there's no real reason. Someone falls in love. They decide to have unprotected sex. And sometimes it's intentional and then they have a kid and they're like, cool, this will bring us more joy. So they have their own intentions, but we don't come with anything, right? There's no real purpose until you find your spiritual self and talk to God and realize like, oh, I want to go help people. So you have to find your own meaning, Mm -hmm. but that's ultimately just a purpose for the limited amount of time that we have. But there's ultimately nothing forcing you to do anything right? It's just your own willingness to do something. So you have to find your own meaning. Biologically, more evolutionary mindset is to say, we continue to grow and, and kind of multiply, right? Like, and just give back in ways. And kind of, that's why we want to have kids is to continue your legacy that comes from biologically comes from maybe like ego which is maybe just another fear thing oh i'll die one day so maybe let me have a kid so that at least my name lives on my sperm lives on etc right it's i mean but there's ultimately no real meaning um but if you were to find some meaning it'll probably be rooted in in love and and comfort thank you
0: Mm -hmm. my angel for trusting me
1: of course. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I, yeah, I could, like I said, like I could keep going on for hours and hours and these things excite me. So it's the pleasure is mine.
0: <laughs> You're, you like mental stimulation.
1: <laughs> I like all kinds of stimulation. Wait, so do you, have that.
0: A, do you have a boner right now?
1: I did 30 minutes ago when you said we're all naked and then it kind of just went away. It sucks. Maybe be- I wish I could ask for. Is that because
0: you're <laughs> dipping your toes in peanut butter?
1: <laughs> My whole body submerged in peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Doing a Turkish peanut butter bath right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>